0: Let's go in depth on Hawkeye sports with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Hawk Central, powered by G Miggs, Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Hawk Central off and running till 6:20 tonight. No Chad Lystico, so it will be Mark Emmert and I. Who knows how far off the rails this thing's going to get here in the next uh, next forty minutes or so? What's up, Mark? How are you, buddy?
1: I'm I'm doing well. How are you? Looking crazy, man.
0: I'm yeah yeah. Get nuts. I had, I did have a fun weekend. Speaking of getting crazy with some Hawk Central fans. Oh, no. Yeah, some oh, guy, no. they love Lystico. They really like oh, you. Oh, of course. They really like you. Yeah. They're, they're coming around on me. So. Really? Man. They
1: love you the most?
0: Well, yeah, I think I might, you know, it's one of those expectations deals. You know what I mean? Once they saw me, they're like, oh, oh, you're Ross. Oh. Oh, no. They're expecting <laughs> me to be bigger? Yeah, exactly. They expected me to be, uh, 6'2. whatever uh no mark you've had a so i i spent kind of a wild weekend with some hawkeye fans but you have been crazy busy like you've had a year's worth of availability maybe even more than that right in the the past week i mean
1: relatively speaking for the hawkeyes yes we got it all in two days uh and i think we're going to get the coordinators again next week i'm pretty sure we are but beyond that that's pretty much it for the summer for us so we had to cram in a lot of interviews. Uh, we got four of us over there for media day, four reporters, uh, just to make sure we got to everybody that we wanted to get to because there's a lot of guys we've never talked to before that are actually big contributors in this team. I mean, a lot of guys that were are I mean, so It should be, you know, uh, big stars this year, certainly starters. And uh, it was kind of fun to talk to those guys for the first time, of course, starting with A.J. Epinesa, but Amir Smith-Marset, Matt Hankins, Geno Stone. Justin Werps, you know, go down the line. There's uh, there's some guys. Ryan Gersande, the punter, of course. <laughs> so that was fun. Then Saturday, we actually got to watch a scrimmage. Uh, it was actually a scrimmage, too. I was a little surprised at how much 11-on-11 there was. I bet there was about 90 minutes of that uh, at the end of that practice session, that kids day at Kinnick. So Friday, Saturday was full-on Hawkeye availability, and now it's really going to be quiet this week. But uh, we learned, I thought, uh, a fair amount about this team. You know, I'm not, I don't want to overreact. two days worth of stuff but uh, we're going to
0: anyway it breaks what we get paid to do and again it's a lot of (laughs) stuff because we've all with the way it's set up it's it's stuff we've been waiting for i mean a long time i really say a year i don't i don't think that's uh hyperbole so because that second segment we'll have here going into six o'clock that'll be our short segment let's do special teams there maybe we focus on offense here and then we'll do defense in six o'clock you're right with that
1: yeah, let's, let's okay. break it down. Absolutely. Uh,
0: should probably start with offensive line. It's the, it's where the most questions are. Most concern all of a sudden is, uh, on this yeah. offense, obviously, with the suspension of Worfs and Jackson. I know Chad kind of wrote the piece on this, but, uh, where are we? Are, are the starters lining up the way we thought they were going to last week?
1: Well, yes and no. I would say this, uh, there's probably as much, if not more concern coming out of that scrimmage as there was going in because, uh, Worse than Jackson took all the, the reps with, with the one. So they didn't, they didn't really try to sub anybody in there, uh, for that open practice. And they look good. which we expect. But the, uh, the guys behind them, uh, did not look good. It was probably the weakest part of the day was that backup offensive line. So, um, I think that kind of exacerbates the need to get those guys up to speed. I'm sure the coaches are feeling that pressure too. But, uh, I think Callenberger and Paulson are your next likely two guys to start there. And it was a rough day for Callenberger. He had he had some tough moments. Uh, Certainly, in the pass protection, was not nearly as good for the second unit as it was for the first. A lot of seemed like a lot of false starts uh, out of that group. Um, So that's uh, I'm sure that's the biggest concern for that offense right now. I mean, obviously, you want to get your wide receivers going and stuff, but uh, that offensive line, boy, they got to they got to keep they staying upright against a pretty stout Northern Illinois defense. And and from what we saw, it's not happening so
0: far. Mark was uh, uh, Callenberger playing. Left tackle in in place of Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. What they have at right uh, tackle was it Dalton? Was it and that's the redshirt freshman Collenberger. Was it uh, Dalton Ferguson at right tackle? Yeah. Okay.
1: Ferguson got some time there. Paulson. Um, I, I honestly think of the two of them. I think Paulson. He's, uh, started there before in the bowl game.
0: Now Levi. Or, yeah. Levi or Landon <laughs> at tackle. <laughs> Levi. Okay.
1: <laughs> Levi. <laughs> uh, I can only tell him apart by the number, but yeah, it was <laughs> Levi. And again, he, he started in the Pinstripe Bowl. Looks like he's back to full health. Um, so that uh, that you know he was out a little bit the spring, so that concern I think should be alleviated. But um, yeah, they, uh, they those guys have got to get it going.
0: Let's start on the inside. Keegan Render, the the redshirt senior, is it yep. still the plan to have uh, Keegan Render over yep. the ball? How do you look on on yep. Saturday?
1: You know, the starting offensive line I thought looked really good. There was a, especially okay. the running game; they were a lot, of, opened up a lot of holes inside there. Um, and it was you know Render, Benward, and, and Reynolds. So I I honestly think coming out of this. That that's, that's starting five, as long as they're intact, that's a pretty good unit. The guards were impressive. Uh, that was another question mark coming into the season. Of course, those guys have, don't have a lot of time, Reynolds and Banworth, but but uh, they look fine, and, uh, and uh, I, was, I, was, I think people should be encouraged by that. It's just uh, you know, for this first week for sure, and then if there's any other injuries or suspensions or whatever else comes up, uh, the backups really need to get it in gear.
0: All right, so going left to right, this is what that offensive line is going to look like on, on opening day. Uh, redshirt freshman Mark Kallenberger at left tackle. As far as we know, I shouldn't say this as though it's fact. Yep, yep. Uh, Ross Reynolds yep. were playing at left guard. Keegan Render at center. You're thinking it'll be uh, Cole Banwart at right guard and then Levi Paulson at right tackle?
1: That would be my assumption, okay. yeah. I think that's based on everything we saw that seems the most logical. Now things could change here in the next two weeks, but uh, that would be my guess. Yep. What do you, do you
0: think you? about that? Oh, man, I was going to ask you that same question right there. Um, you know, Mark, I, okay, I wasn't concerned about it. Let me kind of walk you through what my thinking was here and then you tell me where I'm, where I'm getting off or being goofy or just being a Hawkeye fan. Um, but you did, you, I will say, I'll preface this all by saying you raised my level of concern slightly by saying they didn't perform well in the game. So my thought going into uh, our, our conversation here was I'm not that concerned with the fact that you're going to have Levi Paulson at right tackle. I mean, this is a guy is the red shirt junior. He has spent four years banging with right. Iowa defensive tackles and defensive ends. This guy can handle himself. We might, you know, might give up a couple sacks to a guy that got 15 last year and is an all American and blah, blah, blah. You might give up a sack. It's no saying that Tristan Wirfs wouldn't have given up a sack or two. Sure. So right. Right. I was okay. I'm okay with that. I thought having Levi Paulson there, even if it would have ended up being uh, uh, Dalton Ferguson, that's the guy that's, uh, that's there at right tackle. Same thing with Colin Berger. Two years in, he's a kid that, uh, had a lot of hype and now has a year into that strength and conditioning program. I'm all right with seeing how he does against Northern Illinois. But the fact right. that they didn't look good in that, uh, in that kind of exhibition, scrimmage, practice, whatever that was that you saw. That does concern me. So on a level of one to zero to ten, my concern going into the conversation was maybe at a five. You turned it up to about a six point five.
1: <laughs> well, that's still not terrible.
0: No, no should I be more concerned it about?
1: it? No, I don't think so. I mean, Kalenberger, like I said, is a very good athlete, very highly regarded. You know, he had a rough day. It's probably just one day. You know, who knows? Maybe on Monday he came back and looked lights out. We didn't get to see Monday's practice, so that's uh, that's one caution I would have. And I'm sure he's aware that he had a bad day and has heard about it from uh, his coaches. And so uh, he's got some stuff to work on, but he's still got, you know, another two plus weeks to get there. And I do think he is a guy that they're very high on. And, and they, I think they want to kind of groom him, you know, to be one of the next starters here, whether at tackle or guard. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, we should be cautiously pessimistic, <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: I'm all right with that. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Cautiously and, Pessimistic,
1: and it's probably just one start. I mean, as far as we know, that's going to be the only game those guys.
0: So, uh, so Mark, when you let's just look ahead, looking past Northern Illinois, do you think once you get Werfs and Jackson back in there, is it still Reynolds, Render, and Banwart? Do you think Levi Paulson is your right guard?
1: I still think Banwart. I really okay. think they're high on him. I think he's a good-looking player. I think they like what they see there. I think, uh, honestly, Paulson, if he works his way in, and maybe more expensive Reynolds.
0: Ooh, okay. I can see that left guard. Okay. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And I like that. I mean, if Bandward in there is the redshirt sophomore, Jackson and and Wirfs as sophomores start to build that line for the next couple of years. If Kallenberger in there at some point, maybe you're able to mix him back and forth. I'm all right with this. I think that you're setting things up, yeah. uh, for the future in a good way. All right. Right behind the center is quarterback. We obviously know Nate Stanley is the guy that will be taking the majority of the snaps there. We're hoping the intrigues does seem to be in that backup position. And, um, th- that's always a, an interesting conversation. It's a good spot to be in when you're more concerned about who your backup is going to be than, uh, than the starter. So let's have that conversation. Yeah. I, I think this is the position we've talked about this, Mark, that benefits the most from having that. Uh, that four game availability or eligibility. Right. As long as Nate Stanley stays healthy, you can kind of work in, um, uh, uh, uh who am I thinking of here? The, 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 the true freshman. Spencer Petrus. Spencer Petrus. Thank you so much. Cause I'm, I'm stuck on Peyton Manziel. I do like Peyton Manziel. When he came in as a recruit and I was kind of watching yep. some of those, that stuff, seems like an athletic kid. I thought this is going to be a fun guy to watch. But when you bring in a dude like Spencer Petras that has that hype, I think it it kind of changes the conversation. Where, what do you think about now about backup quarterback?
1: Yeah, that's it was really interesting. And, and our colleague Chad Lysko wrote a, wrote a piece about that this week because um, he talked to Brian Ferentz and Ken O'Keefe both. And he also talked to Peyton Mansell first time we got to talk to him. So you know, guys talked to him the first time. He said very, very funny, uh, engaging young man. Uh, those guys split time for the second unit. I mean, it was pretty much an even split, too. Uh, they both look fine. There were, actually, I will say this: there was no interceptions thrown that whole scrimmage, that whole ninety minutes. So I guess that's uh, that speaks well of the quarterbacks. Actually, there, there was no turnovers at all. I never saw a bad snap or a fumble or, or an interception or anything. So the offense was was clean in that respect. Um, you're right. Petrus has the you know the bigger arm, which we knew. Oh, Mansell a little more mobile. Um, obviously, has a little bit better grasp on the offense. He's been here I think about seven months longer than Petrus has. But I do get the feeling that they want Petrus to be the guy, the next guy in. Uh, kind of like Stanley was two years ago. And, uh, and, but I don't think they would play him more than four games unless they really, really had to, but, like you say, give him some experience. They would have, they would have handled Stanley differently two years ago. If that, if that Absolutely. Was, obviously. Yeah. 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 So, um, I think, uh, I think it's a really interesting uh, competition though. I, they haven't made up their mind yet. Um, I mean, Brian Ferentz is that it, it is a, it is one of the priorities of this training camp is to identify number two because whoever it is, you know, God forbid you need them. Neither one of them take take a snap in a college game. So that's, uh, that's probably the the biggest concern about that spot is that you're, you're it's not like we had get Uyghurs here and you got somebody yeah. with a little bit of experience but, yeah. or, you know, or even Ryan Boyle. Now you've got two guys that really have never done it uh, in a game. And so, uh, they, I think they want to feel a lot more comfortable uh, in two weeks than they are right now with who they have, but they both, you know, Ken O'Keefe said that both guys have made a lot of progress since spring and we saw that because it was, they did, especially Petrus looked a lot better than he did in, in April, which you would expect. So, I think they've got, uh, the, they've got a couple of guys that can be winners in the future. The question is, can they be, can they be guys that can kind of come in and not, not have a big letdown this year if they're needed? And that nope. we won't know until, unless it happens.
0: Like, Honestly. Mark, not only, not only success, not. success on the scoreboard, uh, against Northern Illinois kind of dependent on how that offensive line looks, but that might also dictate, d- d- despite score, that might also dictate whether or not we see Petrus or Manziel. I mean, right. if, if Paulson's, Getting beat on that end time after time. Well, maybe it's more likely that we see, uh, that we see a Peyton Manziel in there early. I don't know. I don't know. That, that could be interesting, yeah. but that, a lot's going to hinge on that offensive line, man. And then behind him, running yeah. backs. Running backs you said looked good, right? Yeah, that
1: was the, probably the biggest, uh, surprise for the positive, uh, for a lot of us. Uh, Mikai Sargent, first time I got to look at him in a Hawkeye uniform, and he looked really good. He looked like a guy that could actually be a starter if they needed him to be. Uh, ivory kelly martin got the most work also uh, was quite effective and torn young they kind of he might have been a little bit on a pitch count um situation because he kind of got the fewest snaps maybe of those three and the one thing that was really telling was how much they used those guys the pass game there was a one of the deepest passes i think it might have been the deepest pass of the whole uh scrimmage was to Sargent down the sideline a little wheel route in for like 25 or 30 yards he made the catch so those guys showed some good hands, too, which I was not expecting. I, I didn't know if that would be a situation this year where they could be able to throw the ball to the running backs as much as they have, you know, like to act them in the past. Right. And those guys look like they can be that. Um, so I think the running game, I remember predicting on here a couple weeks ago and it was kind of crazy that they could have three guys get 500-plus yards from scrimmage this year in the backfield, but I still believe, I believe that even more now. Having seen these three guys, I think they got three guys that they really can use situationally, uh, keep, they can keep them all fresh. Uh, still a question, of course, is going to be about pass blocking because we didn't see a lot of that. But but in terms of running the ball and catching the ball, they all look really, really good.
0: Yeah, another position that that's going to be fun to watch with three different sophomores there. And maybe right. Maybe Avery Kelly Martin, who, who, who is a true sophomore. Torn Young has a red shirt already. Uh, what's the deal with Makai Sargent? He, because he's, he's got three years left. The transfer and he'll have three years left, so... That could be a fun yeah, one to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Chris has even said, "Hey, this Makai Sargent." And when when I, you know, Chris is usually hearing things from other channels. Uh, when when he's sharing stuff with me like that, and he says this Makai Sargent's right. a guy that's turning heads too. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. You wrote a piece about wide receivers. I was just reading this before, uh, before we came on the air here, kind of about. It, it, there seems to be a clear drop off, right? You've got a top four that are set for this receiving core.
1: Yeah, every coach has said that now, uh, Copeland and Ferentz both. But uh, the the guys in the two deep are the the four guys they feel pretty good about. And that, of course, is Nick Easley, which you would expect. He's the leader, the one guy that's actually had a productive college season under his belt. Uh, Brandon Smith starting at that other spot. uh, Amir Smith-Marset and then uh, Kyle Groneweg, the, the transfer from Sioux Falls that sat out last year, and has one year left. So those four guys they like. Uh, they think they can get that done. Now the question becomes, what's behind them? But uh, I think, first of all, um, you know they only used four guys last year. Four only four guys caught a pass for Iowa last year, um, which you know may not uh, wide receivers. I'm sorry, which you know is maybe a problem.
0: <laughs> what was you had the number in your uh, in in your article here? It was four four guys had cop or five had five Hawkeye wideouts recorded receptions. None picking up more than 517 yards. Four of them leaving the program before the 2017 season started. Right,
1: and then yeah, and then four guys, and then one of those guys was Ronald Nash. I think he had two catches for six yards yeah. two years ago, and then last year they only had four guys, and and Nick easily led the way with 51 catches. And I think that's that's a reasonable expectation for him again. I think he can get that to that production level again, and maybe a little bit more. But I think the big questions there are: what can Smith Marset do, and Brandon Smith yeah. as sophomores? Uh, Smith-Marcette had 18 catches last year. Uh, I talked to him, I uh, did a story about him, actually, for today's paper. And, uh, really, really, really fun kid. Everybody loves him. He's the jokester of the, jokes the group. He needs to probably at least double or not, maybe not triple his production from a year ago. I think for this team to really come on offense because he's the one guy. Everybody says he's the fastest guy on the team.
0: He says There's that, really no too, right? If now. I'm clear, he yeah, says, oh, yeah. I, I was the fastest guy yeah. last year.
1: He is not shy about that. He <laughs> he's, he's even much faster than Akram Wadley, who's his... Uh, this is his Buddy from New Jersey, so he was he was uh, making that comparison too, and I believe it. I've seen him. I mean, he is. I think he is uh, the fastest wide receiver. I don't doubt that at all. And so, there's a guy that can really stretch the field as long as he catches the ball. Now we saw some drops last year. He talked about that. I was a little surprised. Obviously, he's a very confident kid, um, but he, he talked about. You remember uh, last year he fumbled the ball early. Yep. Against Wyoming, then bounced back against Ohio State at that huge game with two touchdowns, including the game winner. So the fumble didn't really affect him that much, but the, the one thing he got in his head was that drop against Minnesota in late October. Mm-hmm. Where, remember that when the ball hit him? He was, he was open and standing to a really beautiful pass. And yep. Went off his hands and I think off his face mask and, and then into the gopher defender, got a pick on that. He said that, that's the one that really stuck with him, and it took him a while to shake that off. And got so he claims, you know, we're not going to see that again. That's not going to happen in year two. We'll, we'll find out if that's true or not. But those are the kind of plays that he needs to make because that would have been a big gain. And his, his longest reception last year, I believe, was uh, 31 yards. So for a guy with his speed, you know they need they need a lot more of those because he averaged like 10 yards a catch, and I think that needs that number needs to go up to like 14 or 15 this year for him to yeah. be the guy the Hawkeyes can count on.
0: So, I I'm completely uh, with you. He's gonna get his chance. Yeah, and I think he might return a kick. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's a, he's the leader for that too, and uh, uh, really a dynamic uh, athlete. You know when he's at his best.
0: We can get into special teams here uh, as we lead up to the six o'clock hour. I I do want right. to just point out real quickly you. When you talk about that Amir Smith-Marset story and the Illinois uh, game, or or the Minnesota drop, it reminds me of the Noah Fant story uh, of that Chad has relayed a couple times, that he dropped the ball in an Illinois game a couple years ago that stuck with him. And we've seen a marked improvement in in Noah Fant's production since that. Man, that'd be a great thing to see. Not only, and we've talked about this a lot, Mark, this is why I think Amir Smith-Marset's maybe the key to opening up this offense a little bit. Because the coaches yeah. believe in him, despite that fumble, despite those drops, yeah. they continued to go back to that true freshman last year. Yeah,
1: yeah, they really like his personality. I mean, Kirk France keeps calling it his spirit. He really likes his spirit, hmm. um, which is saying something because he doesn't always say that about guys. But uh, yeah, he's he's really a guy that uh, I talked to Brandon Smith. The bottom of Brandon Smith was the roommate last year. He said he's never seen him have a down day. Like the guy's just always always kind of peppy and up, and it, it helps get the other guys' spirits up. Uh, and speaking of Brandon Smith, and we just talked about Noah Fant, uh, one thing I think out of him now, he only had three catches last year, uh, which is obviously not not a lot to go on in terms of judging what he can be. But uh, his size, he should be a real, real, real red red zone option for this team this year. And I actually made a comparison to Noah Fant a little bit in this sense that last year Fant only caught 30 passes. Now 11 of them were touchdowns, and he averaged 16 yards, so it was a, ended up being a really good season. But still, 30, 30 passes, catches for probably your most talented receiver, not a lot, but what a red zone threat he was. And, and I think Brandon Smith can be that this year too. Maybe he won't have the volume of catches, but if he can be a really, really good option down in the red zone, that would be a big, big lift for this offense as well.
0: Man, we're talking about receiving threats for the Hawkeyes. This is going to be, it could be a fun yeah. year. Did you hear the other day, uh, uh, a guy just told me last night that Dan Patrick or no, it was Colin Cowherd. I'm sorry. Mentioned uh, yeah. Nate Stanley as one of the best quarterbacks in the nation.
1: Yeah, and what did you see today? Tom McShay has his early 2019 draft up, and he's got Stanley going in the first round. <laughs> the second quarterback overall taken after his junior year, uh, which is obviously very premature, but it does tell you that there's, there's some national love for him out there. And I, I, heard, I heard a little bit of that at the combine when I was at the NFL combine last spring. There were some people already talking about this Nate Stanley guy from Iowa, just based on what he had shown you know, and flashes of in his sophomore year. I mean, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. Of course, that game against Ohio State really opened a lot of eyes. Right. That five touchdown game. So, he's he's uh yeah he's got a he's got a legitimate shot. He's gonna have a really good year this year. But I think he's got a shot to be a high NFL pick if he wants to go after this year. We keep talking about Fant leaving after his junior year. I think I think Stanley might have a decision to make as well.
0: I would just like to point out the great restraint that my friend Mark Emert has shown here in this first segment because we've mentioned punters, we've mentioned punt returners, and at no point did Mark uh, just gloss over and start going on a rant. We're going to let him do that. Special teams breakdown coming up next on Hawk Central. We'll get to defense leading up to Cardinals baseball at 620 here on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO, leading you up to 6 o'clock. Then uh, Mark and I will actually be with you till 6.20. We're going to shove our defensive breakdown for the Iowa Hawkeyes into that 6 o'clock hour. Gives us a lot more time to kind of stretch our legs and go through uh, a, a lot of those interesting position battles. And just like that offensive line, things up front. Going to look a little different in Week One than they will throughout the season. So Mark and I will uh, be able to do all of that here with you in a few minutes at six o'clock. I'd like to spend a few minutes, though, Mark, while we have the time, talking about some of the special team stuff. You always do a really good job of making sure we don't forget about special teams. We usually have fun with you about it, but uh, I am yeah. glad that you you do this. It's a very important part. We usually don't break this stuff down enough. So let's kind of walk through this. First of all, the the situation with punter. You've got Ryan Gersande, the true sophomore. You've got Colton Rastetter, the the red shirt junior. Last year it was kind of a mix and match for a while until Rastetter seemed to kind of jump out. What, what's going to happen this year?
1: Yeah, well, you won't be surprised to know that the, uh, the first assistant coach I talked to was LeVar Woods. They all kind of came out at once there. I, of course, immediately went to the special teams coach. first question I asked is, do you have a punter yet? Uh, his answer is, we have two.
0: So, <laughs> no. kind of like the starting funny, quarterback, com- kind of like that starting quarterback conversation. It's a lot better if we're arguing about who the backup is.
1: Yeah. So uh, there is no clarity. There is still a two-man race. Okay. And uh, I mean, it uh, sounds like those guys have had some up and down moments. Now on the Saturday uh, open scrimmage, they both look good. They, they, they did a lot of punting <laughs> that day uh, before they they started doing the eleven on eleven stuff. So, and they both look fine. It, it, but uh, Kirk Barron said afterwards that that's not always been the case this uh, spring and summer. There have been some rough moments, too. So they're still waiting for somebody to emerge there. Uh, possibility that they, could, they go into the season and use them both again. I mean, that I don't think they want to do that, but if that's you know what's best for the team, that's what they'll do. So hmm. nothing, uh, no one separated there yet, which is I think probably not a great sign.
0: Now is Jackson Jackson Subert was the long snapper uh, kind of in waiting here, right? Is that I know. Is that a clear well, he's
1: Yeah, I think he's probably gonna be the guy, but he's also battling with Nate Pavota, the converted tight end. So that's okay. still kind of a two man race as well, according to uh according to LaVonia Woods. So I do think you're right that that, that Super probably ends up getting that job, but okay. uh, it does sound like it's not a clear cut thing yet.
0: Look at long snapper love here on Hawk Central. Four guys in the <laughs> line four four guys you said in line to be kick returner here. So or so I I thought Amir Smith Marset because of all the things we just got done talking about at the end of our offensive conversation. Electric guy seems like a game breaker and a playmaker. I think he's gotta be my favorite in this group. You say it's Amir Smith Marset, Kyle Gronaweg, Ivory Kelly Martin, and Amani Hooker for the the kick return yeah. position. How about that? Yeah. Who do you we'll think has the who do you think has the front uh, who's in front of this race right now?
1: Well, I can tell you at punt returner, the front runner is definitely Kyle Gronaweg.
0: At so punt returner. Okay
1: for Saturday. Yep. Now, kick returner, I do think you're right. I do think it'll be, well, of course, they send two guys back. I, my guess is those two guys will be Smith-Marset and Irie Kelly-Martin. Okay. Uh, so the, the the hyphen twins there. <laughs> and uh, I do think that Smith-Marset is the guy, that, of course, that they have has the most potential. I'm sure they want him to be the guy. Uh, there might be a concern about ball security. Uh, that's always one thing you got to worry about back there. But he's a game-breaker. You saw that, that big return he had against Nebraska, that 74-yarder. Yeah. Uh, he can get the job done, so I, I would expect that Smith Marset and Groneweg are the two guys that emerge coming out of this. I did think Amani Hooker was a very intriguing name there. Yeah, that's, that's all,
0: when that, I saw that it kind of surprised me. Of
1: faith yeah. yeah, he's a great athlete, and uh, you don't have to worry. Probably don't have to worry about you know, fumbling and making stupid mistakes back there because he's a, a junior. Uh, so maybe he ends up, you know, getting a job just because of that, just the dependability factor. But he's also, you know, he's he's a fast guy. We saw that he had a pick six last year. You might recall. Uh, in a pretty big moment, so he can he can run a little bit too. So that that's kind of the uh, the dark horse candidate that I was intrigued by. But I do think you're right.
0: Okay, so punt returner Kyle Groneweg is that uh, just uh, that's the senior you're looking for experience? the guy that's going to make the right decision after a year of disastrous punt returns.
1: Right, and he's also he did it at his previous stop at Sioux Falls Division two, but he was a fantastic return guy. I think, that, in fact, I think he was All American as a returner. He also played wide receiver there and. uh Terrence was just raving about this kind of the innate ability he has to field balls. He said, some guys some guy don't he always practice it. Right. You know, he can try, but some guys just don't have it, and he does have it. So I think they really like all the things he's mentioned. He's, he's a center from, in high school, too, now. He's, he's actually a really fast guy. So I think uh, I think he's probably what they wanted Vandenberg to be all along last year and never quite got him there. Yeah, And I, I do think he'll, he'll be a, a, a asset there at punt return. I mean, I think they're going to have a better year at punt returning this year than last year, for sure.
0: LeVar would say anything about, uh, some guys jumping out that were, that were making a difference. Maybe some of those, we talked about those young linebackers and how some of them might be able to find some time through special teams. Anybody jump out to LeVar?
1: Yeah, I asked them about the uh, two freshmen that are kind of, uh, looking good so far on special teams. And you mentioned five guys, Steph uh, Benson talking about a linebacker, Dylan Doyle, another linebacker, and then DJ Johnson, Randy Moss out of Ankeny. And, uh, Nico Regaini, or Regani, I'm sorry, i his name, the wide receiver that got here in January. So those, those, uh, those five guys all seem to be in line. He definitely said he wants true freshmen to be able to contribute on special teams, which I assume means all year long. So you would, you would, would burn those redshirt years, not just, not just play them sparingly, but use those guys at least in special teams for all 12 games. And so, uh, those are the five guys that right now seem the most likely to do that. I'm not sure, uh, what do you think about that, Russ? I guess using two freshmen at, at special teams and kind of, you know, using up their year eligibility, but but uh, you know not, not actually using them on offense or defense.
0: Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the – I've been really intrigued by this four-game thing. I think I've brought it up every week. It's just something right. that I know. is – I think it'll be a interesting way for them to be able to use this. And I'm going to have fun watching the strategy behind it. And I hadn't even considered the special teams aspect of that, that these are guys that you want to – that's a great place to get them on the field – Give them a little bit of experience, mm-hmm. but every time you run them out there for a kickoff return, that's one of those four games. That's, that's so if you game, yeah. yep. if you're going to do that, you probably within that game also got to give that kid some reps at linebacker or D back, whatever the, you know his his other position is. I hadn't even considered it though. How much Lavar's probably going to be the guy, you know, the, the pawn on that chessboard as they're as they're deciding that strategy. They're going to have to use some of those dudes at specific times. Boy, uh, right. I'm not sure how I feel about that, Mark. I guess I- intrigued is probably the right way to uh, to say it.
1: Right, right. No, I think I think it's good. I mean, I think if, if those are your best guys that putt and kick return, you can't just pull them out for a few games and
0: not others. I mean, that's they're, a they're great point, worse, yeah. And, and, and so I think that's what's going to happen. And,
1: and it is a good experience for those guys. I mean, we've seen it before where guys have kind of emerged on special teams first and gotten a lot of really good experience that helped them coming back as sophomores. So. Um, I think they, they'll they be judicious about it, but I do think you're going to see a handful of freshmen play on special teams from beginning to end this season. And, uh, cause uh, I, I can tell you right now, Moss for sure stood out on special teams on Saturday. He looked really, really good on those, on those return units. So I, I expect to see him for, out there. Uh, so that's, uh, that's one guy for sure, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see all five of those guys. Actually, and, and DJ Johnson is, Right now in line to be like a nickel cornerback. So, I mean, uh, he, he could be playing both, both ways.
0: Yeah. He's a guy that we should expect to see at corner in like maybe the UNI game. DJ Johnson's a guy yeah. they've been raving right. about. They, yep. yeah. So that's, that'd be a great place to give him some experience. Dylan Doyle is, there's got to be a lot of intrigue among Hawkeye fans to just see this kid on the field. I'm, I'm excited. Right.
1: Yeah. And he ran a little bit with the, with the first unit. Uh, at linebacker. You know, they were there rotating a lot of around outside of uh, Amani Jones at middle linebacker. They kept him out there, but they rotated a lot of guys out and Dylan Doyle was one of them, but the one that really stood out of course was Steph Benson. I'll we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next segment. But Steph yeah. uh, Benson looks like he could be the real
0: deal. We'll get into defense also here uh, again as soon as we get into that six o'clock hour we'll lead you up to Cardinals baseball at six twenty. No controversy in the kicking game. Miguel Racino's job is is safe there, Mark. Okay.
1: Yeah, he looked good. He, I think he's you know that's just senior, so I think uh, they should feel good about that. i how do you feel about that? Trust that man with the game on the line.
0: Do I trust Racinos with the game on the line? Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, he's, he's he's looked good. He looked good against Saturday, and I think there's no question really that they're set there a kicker.
0: Yeah, I like, and you've still got um, uh, when we say there's no competition for him i mean racinos will obviously be the guy but we do have a couple other kickers on that uh, on that roster that are younger kids
1: yeah right shudak and and duncan duncan yeah uh, of course duncan redshirted last year so he'd have two years left after this year to be the guy which i think is the succession plan but shudak looked pretty good too uh i guess he'd been batting some injuries i think uh, last year kirk barron said so we didn't see a lot of him but uh They've got two guys behind that are, that look pretty capable, but I'm sure it's going to be Racinos pretty much all year this year. He looked really good on kickoff, too, so I don't good. see any reason to use a second place kicker.
0: When we get back, we'll move to the defensive side of the ball. Mark and I will, uh, strap on the chin straps, figure out exactly who's, uh, who's manning up on who, where the zone breaks down. We'll, we'll start with that defensive front. I think a lot like offense, that's where some questions are, but on defense, man, there's questions all the way through. Maybe not after that first week. <laughs> But linebacker, defensive back, it's going to be interesting to watch that. Mark will help us figure it all out next here on 1460 KXNO. Let's go in-depth on Hawkeye sports with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Hawk Central, powered by g Miggs, 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Wrapping up Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. Mark Emmert from the Des Moines Register hanging out with me here. Till 620, Cardinals Baseball will take over here on uh, on the airwaves. Got through offense and special teams there in our first two segments. Saved the best for last here, Mark. Maybe save the most interesting for last is that the best way to put it here for defense.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot to talk about there for sure. As you mentioned at, at every level there's there's some questions, there's some there's some real strengths. Don't don't get me wrong, but there's also some question marks throughout that defense, and we saw that play out again on Saturday.
0: Let's start on the inside there with the defensive tackle. It uh, does it look like Matt Nelson going to be one of those uh, D tackles? Cedric oh, yeah. Lattimore, obviously a guy that's suspended. Brady Reif is suspended in this mix, so we've got Chauncey Golston. Dallas uh, Jacobus, Garrett Jansen. Who am I missing on this list? Sam Brinks. A couple guys. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them here.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Sam Brinks actually uh, started uh, over Lattimore, uh, which I thought was interesting. I think that's the plan going into team one. uh, Phil Parker told me that on Friday, and it seemed to be reiterated again on Saturday by Kirk Ferentz. But Sam Brinks will probably get get the start for Cedric Lattimore. Again, converted defensive end. Now on scholarship, former walk-on, 50-year senior, solid player. Uh, they really, they really, really like him. like His work ethic, his attitude—he's he's pretty much what you, what you can think of when you think of an Iowa football player. Uh, he is all that. Put on some weight, so it looks like he can handle the the interior. So that'll be interesting to see. To me, it's interesting to see going forward if he stays there. Number one, at, at tackle, and number two, does he actually challenge for a starting job? I mean, um, I, I can't see him beating out Cedric Lattimore. Lattimore's the bigger guy, but uh, but something to keep an eye on. He looked fine. Lattimore was at the second unit. Uh, Riley Reef looked really, really good. Uh, of course, he's not going to be there for the first game. The guy that the biggest intrigue there was the, the next guy in after those guys was Tyler Lindegrom, a uh, true freshman here out of Solon, who was playing on his high school baseball team until, you know, whenever that ended, what, three weeks ago? <laughs> well, wow. Since his high school baseball team ended. So he just got here. Like, he had he had been working out with the team. He's doing the 6 a.m. morning lift. He's taking a class on campus. So he was actually staying in the dorms while playing high school baseball. Uh, Kirk Behrens really just went out of his way to talk about how much they're impressed by him this summer with, with the commitment he made to both his baseball team and this football team. And he looked really good. i, I got to tell you, he, he, was a, he was a very impressive young man. So not sure if we'll see it this year a lot. Maybe he'll work his way into that rotation. They want to do an eight-man rotation at the defensive line, of course. Um, but if not, I think in the very new future, he's probably going to be your guy. Uh, at defensive tackle once, you know, Matt Nelson and, and Sam Brinks graduate. So wow. he was, uh, very impressive, very encouraging. Uh, Garrett Jansen, I'm not sure if you mentioned him, was yeah. another guy that, that might get some run there in this first game. So the first, there's two questions about defensive tackle. Who do they run out there in the first game? And then going forward after that, And Lattimore and Reefer back, what does that rotation look like? But, uh, for the first game, they can maybe get by with only three. Uh, and those three certainly would be, uh, Nelson, uh, brinks and i think still think jansen but keep an eye on linderbaum
0: okay all right that could be interesting man tyler linderbaum showing up as a true freshman and again with the four games using there use him against you and i this could be a oh, great I, one and then gotcha. you've got you do explain man. you've got some depth there now mark now that i mm-hmm. once you get Lattimore and reef back you have got nelson you've got brinks if uh, if you really like what uh, Linderbaum is adding to that, Golston getting into that mix, I'm...
1: Oh, I should I like... Golston's actually back at end.
0: Oh, okay, okay. He
1: put, he put an end, and that looks like that might be where he's going to stay. So, yeah, that was that's another development. But okay. um, I suppose if they move Brinks inside, Brinks was a backup end, one, one of your top four. So it looks like Golston has gone back outside, and I believe that might be permanent now.
0: Okay, so then that makes your four ends. Um, Parker Hesse. Anthony Nelson, of course, A.J. Epinesa, and Chauncey Golston. You you did get some time with A.J. Epinesa, I think probably the most intriguing dude that we've been waiting for this year. Amir Smith-Marset might have gained the most hype, but uh, I still don't think it surpasses what A.J. Epinesa came in with.
1: No, no, that is a five-star recruit, I mean, those things, they don't happen here very often. And, And, yeah, so a lot of us were very interested to talk to him for the first time at Media Day Friday because, of course, true freshmen don't speak to reporters. And uh, he had a big crowd, as you would expect, uh, handled it very well. It was definitely, uh, I would say a very unique media day interview, uh, from the standpoint of here's a kid that did everything he could possibly do to not talk about himself. Every question was deflected to something more about how much he learned from the older guys, uh, what an honor it was to be back up to Parker Hesse, how, how, how tight they are as friends. He said one of his big priorities coming in here was to become really good friends with his defensive lineman group. And he feels like he's really proud that he's done that. Um, just, I mean, I'm not sure I've ever seen a kid that humble, genuinely humble. Like I, it was just amazing. And then, we, you know, we talked quite a bit about his uh, Polynesian heritage. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, his dad came over here from uh, Samoa to play football at the Epinesta, and how much that means to him and what he's trying to kind of impart, you know, to to the city and and his teammates about what what, what Polynesia is all about. Just the really really kind of deep conversation. that I had I had I got a little bit one on one toward the end and and that's what he was talking about like just what it means to be a you know a Polynesian player he's on a, he's on a watch list for top Polynesian college player this year that was a huge honor for him you could tell it meant a lot to him uh really really interesting kid very low key uh not at all what i was expecting i was expecting a lot of football talk didn't get a lot of that it was just more about you know character issues and and you know what just what it means to be a part of this football team and just i thought it was really really fascinating a uh, young man
0: what were you expecting, Mark? Because I know that uh, you, you said you, you know
1: usually it's about uh, here's what I learned last year. Here's what I'm getting better. I'm trying to get better at this. Uh, you know, here's what I you know what I can do in year two that I didn't do in year
0: one. And it was a much deeper conversation uh, than the exes knows yeah, football. Was,
1: he was he was not going to just go there. I mean, he just didn't. You know, that wasn't really what he was interested in. Apparently, talking about, and I'm sure that's reflective of who he is as a person, and certainly it seems to be who is you know whose dad was as a person or is as a person as well. So you could tell that. that that, uh, that that bloodline really means a lot to him. And uh, I just thought it was very, I, I thought it was a lot better than a typical media day conversation. Very
0: cool. That, that I mean. is awesome. Yeah. 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 All, right. All right. So let's... also a
1: very good player. I don't want to, I don't want to, to get lost. Obviously, he's a, he had eight quarterback hurries last year to lead the team. And, and they did say he's going to be more of a three down guy this year. He's not just a rushing specialist, but Phil Parker said he still wants to see him cut down his mistakes. So that, you know, he's, he's definitely a, a backup. He's not going to start over. Parker Hessey, because they don't think he's there yet, but, but you'll see more of him this year than you saw last year.
0: How much will we see him? Will he move him back and forth with uh, with Anthony Nelson also? I mean, could, I kind of envision a three-man rotation there, or is that... Yeah. Okay. He, All right.
1: he can play both ends. He did last year as well, so I absolutely I think you're right.
0: Hesse, Anthony Nelson, your starters out there on the end, I feel comfortable with that. I think Hawkeye fans oh, yeah. have to be excited about that, and the idea of, uh, of A.J. Yeah. Epinesa being mixed in there is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, if this team can get to 30 sacks this year for the first time, and I don't know, at least five years, that's a big step for this team, and there's no question they're capable of
0: doing it. How much does Golston, that would seem like a drop right now. I mean, Golston moving back out to that defensive end position, and you've really got three special ends there with Hesse, Nelson, and Epinesa. Am I envisioning that right? That's quite a bit of drop back to Golston.
1: Uh, I think he's a better player maybe than you think, but okay. even last year they used Sam Brinks quite a bit as that fourth defensive end. Yeah, he yeah. actually got quite a lot of playing time as the year went on. I think he's going to the other guy that we haven't talked about. Brandon Simon looks really good, uh, uh, kind of an undersized defensive end. I think he's only 6'1", 250 or something like that. But uh, he's got a motor. I mean, he got into the backfield quite a bit. So <laughs> uh, they've got some options there beyond those big three. The problem is those big three kind of demand a lot of playing time, right? I mean, they, they need to be out there. They moved Hesse inside some in, in pass-rushing situations. Steph and and Hesse and Nelson. They've got all three of those guys out there. So uh, you'll see it was last year. Some will see it again this year. There's no question that Hesse, they want him out there in those and situations as a, as a tackle and all right. that was end, just to get all three of those guys on the field.
0: All right, Mark, behind that front four, your linebackers. You tell me now, it looks like Imani Jones and Nick Neiman have kind of locked themselves in, or at least from some of the, the verbiage you're hearing, you think those two guys are locked in as starters. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and Kurt Ferentz yeah. said that they've kind of separated themselves from the pack. He said that on both Friday and Saturday. Uh, yeah. So I think there's no question, just reading between the lines, that those two guys are, are Almost guaranteed to start, and uh, Amani Jones on Saturday uh, played. Like I said, he he never came off the field when the ones were on there. Like they kept rotating guys in around him, but it was always Amani Jones. And I think it was just to get him that experience. He needs to be the leader of that group. He needs to get used to playing with uh, different different guys, different packages, and in, in different situations, facing different offensive sets. So they definitely want him to be the leader of this defensive uh, linebacker unit, and maybe the whole defense, honestly. Uh, and then it's the question of who's going to be around him. But Nick Neiman, for sure, seems like he's going to be the guy. And then uh, Christian Welch started at the other spot, but it sounds like that's really kind of a four-man battle there. He's not earned that spot yet in terms of the starting role.
0: You say four-man battle with uh, Christian Welch, possibly the the front runner right now. Who are the three guys with him?
1: Uh, Jimon Colbert, Jack Hockaday, and Barrington Wade. Okay. Uh, Colbert and Wade were kind of the next two guys in. On the outside. Now, Wade, they limited it a little bit because apparently he was dealing with a, a minor injury. They said he was back at full strength on Monday, but on Saturday he only played, I think maybe that first series, although he played quite a bit then. Uh, he's a good player. I think they like him a lot. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, I mentioned, uh, Seth Benson in the opener or the previous yeah. segment. And, uh, that's when he got on the field quite a bit. It was that one unit. And I got to tell you, he, he looks really good. He's a kid out of South Dakota. Uh, that I had kind of forgotten about, honestly, and I, and I was up in Sioux Falls uh, for that basketball game. Remember when the basketball team played in Sioux Falls last? Yeah, weekend? right. Yeah. And and, and uh, Chad Greenway was there as kind of the honorary captain or whatever, and and delivered the opening the opening tip off or whatever he did. But he he was there talking with the Seth Benson guy because Seth Benson committed to Iowa right around, might have been that day, and and Greenway was one of the guys that he kind of leaned on. Of course, Greenway you remember was also from South Dakota. <laughs> And uh, this kid was going to go to South Dakota State like uh, like pretty much everybody in his family got done historically, and they wanted him, of course. That's a good program. And uh, he chose Iowa over them. And then I kind of forgot about him until suddenly I put him in the field on Saturday, and this number 44 is out there with the starters. And I'm like, who is this guy? Seth Benson? And he looked uh, – he was uh, – Parents talked about afterwards about how he was just always run the ball, and we saw that again. He looked like he was always in a position to make plays. It reminded me a lot. I don't know if you remember last year at this time, Dino Stone was a guy that they kept yeah. talking
0: about. Yeah, absolutely. Always
1: around the ball. Same kind of thing. Now, I don't think there's a spot for him to play a lot at, at linebacker this year because I, I just mentioned six guys that are <laughs> ahead of him that are all older than him. Uh, and he's also a little bit small still. But, uh, boy, keep an eye on that guy because uh, he'll definitely play special teams. It's nothing else. And uh, he's got a shot. I mean, he's got a shot to work into that rotation maybe at linebacker. Uh, he looked good.
0: They're going to have to figure it out quick, Mark. You you pointed this out in the rundown that you sent to me, man. This is daunting when you look at this. was September. You've got David Montgomery from Iowa State, Marcus Wee Miller from Northern Iowa. You have got Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Those are really good running backs. That linebacking yeah, yeah. core is going to be put to the test right away. We're going to know by November what they're made of.
1: Absolutely, there's no question. That's a real tough. And and, and I would say, you know, the running game looked good. Uh, for Iowa, and but and part of that, you have to say, well, maybe the linebackers didn't look so good. I mean, but, maybe that's also part of it. And but, so they're going to get really, really tested early. Yes, you're right.
0: We've got about five minutes left here. At cornerback, Hankins and Ojumudi are uh, probably going to carry the most water there. What does it look like outside of Hankins and Ojemudia?
1: Interesting. Uh, Redshirt freshman Josh Turner, uh, next guy in, and he looks like he's uh, probably going to be your your nickel. Okay. And then uh Julius Brent, the true freshman, 6'2 kid. Mm. Uh, Phil Parker, really high on him, looked fantastic. Uh, uh Again, Kirk Behrens kind of tempered things a little bit afterwards by saying that the, the day before he had not looked as good, <laughs> Julius Brent, <laughs> but he, he looked very good on Saturday. He, he, he's, he's a fantastic athlete out there. Uh Trey Creamer looks like he might be dropping a little bit down the depth chart. He was listed as a backup, but he was really more of a 3 or a 4 on Saturday for whatever that was worth, and uh but uh, they, those are the five guys that they're kind of looking at the most. They're cornerback. You don't need five cornerbacks, probably. So, but, you know, just to maybe talking about the top three or four there, they feel pretty good about
0: it. Uh, DJ Johnson not in that mix. Is the plan to kind of keep DJ special teams? <laughs> He's out there, some. You know, okay. but, yeah, okay.
1: I, I can't see him cracking that top five. Maybe he could. Okay. But uh, I think Brent's is more likely to crack that, that top as a, as a true freshman than DJ Johnson.
0: All right. Uh, at safety, Amani Hooker, obviously the guy that's locked in there at the the strong safety position. What's free safety looking like right now? Because I, I thought maybe Geno Stone, he's going to stay at strong, or maybe move back and forth. Julius Prince will be in this mix here. Who are we missing at uh, at safety?
1: Well, uh, Stone is practicing at both spots, okay. Um, so he can back up either one. Uh, Gervas,
0: Gervas is the guy I missed Gervas, there, yeah. The
1: senior. He'll uh, he'll be a starter likely. Uh, I mean, I, it's possible, I guess, Gino Stone gets that job, but I don't think that's going to happen uh, right yet. Geno Stone is a good player. He could start on a lot of teams. He actually had two near-interceptions uh, on, on Saturday. Like we said earlier, he's he's around the ball a lot. And then the fourth guy actually was John Milani, Iowa City West. They, they kind of like him, walk-on junior.
0: Wow, okay.
1: And, uh, yeah, he looks solid. He's Right now he looks like he's the fourth safety. Again, if you need four safety, you probably can get by with three. Yeah. But uh, good to know that they got a little bit of depth there. And then, of course, beyond that, you got the two freshmen, Kayvon Merriweather looked really good. He's a big kid. Uh, he got a lot of he got a lot of run, and then of course Dallas Kratis, the, the four yeah. star recruit out of St. Louis, probably the next guy in there. Riley Moss played a little bit, but I think he's more of a special team guy, at least for this first year.
0: Riley Moss, the local kid, right? The young man from Ankeny? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. He's I mean, like I said, he's he's going to be a special team guy for sure this year. They, they like him, but I'm not sure. He's... <laughs> maybe maybe down the road.
0: What was the biggest positive you took away? Mark, uh, it sounds like you were really impressed with that Vanessa. So I want to maybe take that one off the board for you. What was the biggest positive?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the running game, uh, Sergeant and, okay. and Kelly Martin in particular, because we kind of knew, we kind of knew that Torin Young was a solid, you know, grinder. Those two guys really stood out to me as as big positives. I know Chad wrote about them too, as kind of maybe being the answer at at playmakers that I was always looking for. Those guys can kind of get a lift there. Um So I, I think they're really, really set at running back. Uh, considering they lost Akram Wildly, I think that was a big concern. Should not be anymore, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I'd say the biggest positive I took away from day was maybe the receivers. It, it, it seemed a little bit more confident in that receiving group. Brandon Smith maybe is a guy that I've been overlooking here. The fact that the coaches continue to put that 6'3 kid on that starting line, when I think they have shown that faith in Amir Smith-Marset, maybe I should uh, reevaluate that a little bit. That's one of the things I wrote down was you you seem to have picked up on some love for Brandon Smith there maybe that's certainly a room like we've talked about the expectations are so low for wide receivers that <laughs> they really are right. and so those guys yeah. can have moderate success this year and feel really good about it so maybe that's the type of thing Brandon Smith could have a look like a huge jump and and make a contribution yeah. to the team biggest concern for you uh
1: it's got to be the offensive line yeah I mean just the absolutely it, I think they've got a, I think they've got a solid five maybe six but they want eight, of course they always want eight, and you're going to need you're going to need seven for sure for that first game, because two of your top five are out. So I think that really needs to get better in a hurry.
0: All right, next week when we come on the air, it'll be uh, the 22nd, and we will hopefully have maybe some coordinators that you guys will have sat down with and, and had some time with, so hopefully we'll be able to break down offense, defense, what that looks like a little more. That, that's what next week will look like. Two weeks from today, yeah. two weeks from today is game week, Mark. Can you believe it? No. No, I can't. (laughs) It's absolutely flown up on us. I'm excited about it. The blood's starting to flow. The adrenaline's pumping. And uh, I'm excited for another fun year of Hawk Central here with my buddies Chad Lystico and Mark Emmerich. Chad will be back next week. Mark, thanks so much, man. Fun show today. Thank you, Rod. Talk to you soon, buddy. Cardinal Baseball up next here on 1460 KXNO.